Universal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse, now in podcast form. I'm Devin. And I'm Luke. Today we're covering Daredevil End of Days, which is Earth 12121. A fantastic series by Brian Michael Bendis. And David Mack. Yep. With art by Klaus Jansen and Bill Sinkowicz. Absolutely. Or no, Bill Sinkevich. And uh, color by Matt Hollingsworth. And letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. And fantastic covers by Bendis team up mate, Believe. Alex Believe. Mm -hmm. He also did some work, I think, with Brubaker as well. Yeah. Well, like, Bill Sinkevich does these, like, beautiful. Like full page yeah. spreads for the flashback scenes and it's good. Mm -hmm. Guess it took like five years to do for this thing to actually come out. Mm -hmm. And it was Bendis. This is basically guys, basically Bendis's attempt to make the Dark Knight Returns, as he said for Bat for Daredevil. And as unlike Dark Knight Returns, this requires a bit more of an understanding of Daredevil continuity. So we'll try our best to help you through that. Yeah, if you really want a good summary of Daredevil, there's about five episodes of it in Journey into Misery, where they cover everything from uh, Frank Miller to Mark Wade, and uh, it is definitely worth checking out. But yeah, like Devin said, we're going to try and summarize it because otherwise, at least need to get to the Bendis or through the Bendis run to understand this. Yeah. Uh, as much as I love Wade's run. Yeah. This could, one I came out a little bit before slash concurrently and... Yeah, this is, more, this is more of a sequel to Bendis' run. Yeah. If no one else had ever taken over it. Because it starts off as an undefined period in the future mm -hmm. with Daredevil and Bullseye fighting in the middle of the street. Yes. And, like, everyone... Like, almost all of New York seems to be watching this fight. Yep. And it is... It's incredibly violent, incredibly gruesome. And Bullseye is, like, ready to lay the killing blow, and Daredevil just says, Mapone. This causes Bullseye to kind of cringe a little bit, but then he gets over it, and he shoves Daredevil's billy club right through his head. Killing him instantly. Mm-hmm. Then we cut over to Ben Urich, who is one of the lead writers over at the Daily Bugle, which is, uh, this is pretty much going to be his last story because... Well, print is dying. Yeah, print is dying, and he only does it because J. Jonah Jameson forces him to, and Urich is just tired of living in New York City. Yep. And, uh... Because it seems like some other bad stuff has gone down over the years. And they're mentioning things like Civil War that we that have happened in the regular universe, House of M. Well, then he mentions Xavier's Rebellion and the Baxter Building murders. Mm -hmm. Which raises questions of, are the Fantastic Four dead or not? Yeah. Yeah. So I was curious about that. But yeah, so we started off with everyone's favorite Ben Yurk, just trying to get some insider reports, like from eyewitnesses, whether or not they saw anything the night Daredevil died. And you get this two-page, very fantasy spread of all these people either asking him for bribes or refusing to talk to him, or yep. they don't know anything. And, like, that's where he's tired of the city until he finally reaches the guy who gives him the 
Lapone lead. By giving him the tape that mm -hmm. finally shows what happened. And uh, he starts trying to figure out how to write this article. Mm -hmm. Because Daredevil was one of his friends. Like, he trusted Daredevil, Daredevil trusted him. But their relationship had uh, kind sort of fallen changed. out. Yeah. Uh, and so we get a sort of summary of where... Who Daredevil is. Yeah. We, so, get the, we get the flashback with the origin story, just kind of giving mm -hmm. the little tease for the audience on who this character is and everything. And at the point where Yurik stopped talking to Daredevil, Daredevil had set himself up as the kingpin of Hell's Kitchen. And, uh... Yeah. Which happened in the comics. Yeah. And eventually Wilson Fisk, who had been the kingpin of crime, comes back to town. Daredevil tells him to leave. Fisk refuses. They get into this... Uh, huge fight in public, like in this fancy restaurant, and Daredevil kills the Kingpin. Which Ben Yurick says this was basically his Daredevil's final time, because, I mean, Kingpin is his arch enemy, he's a huge crime boss, and basically now we have a hero who's actually killed someone. Mm -hmm. And not like in self-defense or anything, like this was full-blown, just pretty much murder. And so Daredevil is outed as being Matt Murdock, and so Daredevil just cuts off everyone in his life. And uh, as Yurik is reflecting on this, we see him being watched by Daredevil. Yeah. Question mark? And so uh, Yurik's next lead is he's trying to hunt down Black Widow. Since, like in the comics, they used to date, but nobody's really seen her. Or really remembers who she is. Because, I mean, sort of at this point, Black Widow hadn't really come to the prominency that she seems to be in the Marvel Universe. No. Thanks to the Avengers movies. Yeah, like, honestly, I mean, her biggest thing would have been... It would have been Daredevil. Okay. And some Avengers run. And, uh... Champions? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, Nick Fury shows up, and uh, he just tells... Yurik that she's dead and it's a dead end to keep on following her. So next he tracks down, well, you know, Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., old guy, played in a different version by Samuel Jackson in the Avengers movies. Yeah. Uh, so next he tracks down Mila Donovan. And it's very clear that he knows something that he's not telling. Yeah. Because that's just kind of the smarmy man that he is. Yeah. And uh, so next Yurik tracks down Mila Donovan, who was Matt's ex-wife who was also blind, and in the end of her story in the comics, she was driven insane by Mr. Fear, and she was basically forced to divorce uh, Matt Murdock by Mila's parents. But I'm not sure if the Mr. Fear stuff happened after the Bendis run. Yeah, I don't know either. But uh, here, for some reason, she's not blind, and uh, she's got a son with bright red hair, just like Matt's hair. He's, and, a, he's a red Irish bastard. Yeah, and uh, she's uh, married another man, and this kid came after that marriage, is what I was gathering. Because when Yurik remarks on the kid having red hair, uh, she smacks him in the face. Oh, see, I don't necessarily think that the kid came after the marriage. I think it's more of just him kind of ribbing in on the fact of... Daredevil's kid. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so next, J. Jonah Jameson forces Yurik to go to the funeral for Matt. And nobody is really there. It's like the priest, I think one or two other people. Yep. And uh, Yurik ends up spying Electra's car license plates and he follows her to a playground where she confronts him. And Electra was the assassin who was in a sort of love-hate relationship with Matt Murdock. They met her in college. And, uh, Fantastically she, played by Jennifer Garner in the fantastic Ben Affleck Daredevil film. Uh, she got killed and resurrected a few times. And, uh, but she's like, yeah, I mean, she's a big, super cool ninja assassin, basically. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know what Mopone is. And she's got to the point where she has her own life. And presumably one of Matt's kids. Yes. And she threatens... We find a lot of, apparently, what are presumably Matt's kids. Yeah. Which, uh, when we see the uh, new Daredevil show up, they turn out to be red herrings. Oh! When I realized that, I got so fucking pissed. Because puns. Uh, but yeah, she threatens Yurik if anyone comes near her again. Uh, next, she uh, next Yurik tracks down Mary Walker Stamos, who used to be Typhoid Mary. She had comic book multiple personalities. Matt loved the normal Mary. Daredevil and Typhoid were enemies, and uh, she's been treating. She was a, that was a really freaking weird arc. Yeah, that's. I mean, she is. It's a very interesting storyline and a cool character, but mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, uh, that series is weird. She has her personalities under control, but she also has two redhead, uh, two more redheaded children. Both of them are, she considers them to be Typhoid Mary's kids as opposed to her own. And uh, Daredevil. Well, she doesn't know who the father is because yeah. she doesn't remember. Yeah, because Typhoid Mary remembers. So, but let's just be real. They're Daredevil's children. Yeah. And uh, so next he goes after uh, Ben goes to meet Maya Lopez, who had been the superhero Echo, who is deaf, but she's sort of comic book deaf, so she has other enhanced senses. She used to see Matt, died, came back through ninja magic. She can also read books perfectly, so basically she can hear. She's comic book. Or at the very least, yeah, she can carry on a full conversation without any problem. And uh, And fun fact, boys and girls, we'll be meeting one more... Uh, former lover. Guess what? Echo's the other one. No children. Good for her. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Uh, one night Daredevil had come to her missing an eye. She had helped him to get patched up. And she wanted him to stop being a superhero. He got angry and left. And Maya took this as a sign that she should get out of the superhero business. And she became a symbology professor. Yep. And we wrap up the issue with them finding out that they caught Bullseye. Yes. So uh, Yurik finds Bullseye with a bullet through his head and the word Mapone written on the wall behind him in his own blood. And he killed himself with a shot that ricocheted through the room. Because they remarked that the room looks too dirty for Bullseye to really made a shot in the room itself. Yep. And... Uh, then it's like, no, it ricocheted off of, like, 40 different spots, and then shot him in the head. Yeah. Right through the bullseye mm-hmm. that he has carved on his own forehead. 
And uh, Ben realizes that uh, someone knew uh, the prostitute who Bullseye had had in the room. And it turns out to be Turk, who is the black henchman in the Daredevil TV series. Yep. Who recurs, and he's pretty much henchman. Except here in the future, he is... Uh, a pimp. Yeah. And he owns a strip club. And we find out he had hired a uh, prostitute to dress up like Electra. And he was really not sane. He was going crazy. He was saying the pun over and over again, whipping a gun around, and that's finally when he shoots himself. Mm -hmm. And now one of the and we find out that there is now another daredevil in the streets. And uh, I make the note here: is it Yurik's adopted son? Uh, at this point, because we haven't really mentioned. Uh, Yurik has an adopted son named Timmy. Well, that's the only kind of guys that really introduced in this issue. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's where it's like, oh, they've introduced a new character. This is probably the new Daredevil. And Yurik goes to visit the Punisher, Frank Castle. You know him. He shoots people. And it was actually Daredevil that sent him to prison. And Punisher thinks that, uh, he might be a dead end until he hears the poem, which is, uh, uh he also, uh, hears that Bullseye is dead, and he's like, that, that kind of made my whole day. Yeah. Uh, also, part of me keeps wondering, too, because they keep saying that Daredevil sent him to prison. Mm-hmm. I've been wondering, has Daredevil, or has Punisher right, been killing a bunch of people in prison? I think he might be. Yeah. Because he made it seem like he was doing his work in prison, mm -hmm. so it was just like, bam. And so, uh, you can't ever stop the Punisher. Yeah. Punisher reveals that he thinks Papone was sort of like a word implanted into uh, Bullseye's mind, a way to take down uh, Bullseye if he ever needed to. Yep. And he thinks that Daredevil has been training someone. And then it turns out that the Punisher has been waiting to escape prison, which he subsequently does. Yep. Like a champ. Mm -hmm. And at this point, now we have Ben Yurik going to investigate over at the Gladiators. Melvin Potter. Who, basically, he was a former supervillain who turned his life around because of Daredevil. And he now makes a whole bunch of costumes, basically. Mm -hmm. And he's been asking around, and Ben Yurik asks him if anyone made a Daredevil costume because there's this new Daredevil on the streets. And he says no because... He doesn't ever, like, because he won't ever do it for Daredevil, or to Daredevil, rather, because he respects him too much. And, but he does reveal that Daredevil had shown up and requested a smaller version of his costume. Realizing at that point that there must be a new one. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Yurik heads over to Foggy's office next, but he's out of the country until things blow over. And he also sees that Yurik, or that, uh, Natasha, the Black Widow, also had a kid with red hair. And I make the note here, fuck if the red hair is a red herring. Well, at the same time, too, of course, Natasha could also have a child with red hair because she has red hair. Yeah, but it's just all these kids with red hair, and it's like, yeah. are they setting up one of these kids to be the new Daredevil? Yeah. So, uh, Yurik heads to see Bushwhacker, who had a gun for an arm, and that's pretty much all that he is. Uh, since the new... Daredevil put him into the hospital. Yep. And a Bullet, who's a big dude, who's strong, uh, is looking for Yurik or anyone connected to Daredevil. He runs Yurik out of the window of the hospital, like 20 stories up, 
and the new Daredevil saves him. Yep. And uh, so next we see uh, Yurik waking up in the hospital with his son Timmy, uh, who's excited that his dad saved that uh, Daredevil saved his dad. And I write the note here, and yeah, Timmy is Daredevil. That's why he got so excited about him killing, and Yurik is. Still a supporter of heroes not killing people. Well, you are missing out on the fantastic picture that they chose for Daredevil rescuing Ben Urich, which is exactly a copy off of Amazing, Amazing Fantasy number 15. Yeah, the famous Spider-Man swinging pose. Yep. Yeah, they have a discussion on... Uh, killing and not killing. We actually learned here that Timmy's actually killed someone before because they revealed his origin story, which was... Basically, Daredevil's in a fight with his father, and his father is about to murder Daredevil, and little Timmy kills his own father to save Daredevil's life. Mm -hmm. And Daredevil believes that the best thing that he could do is give him to Ben Urich, because Ben Urich could raise him correctly. And, uh, yeah. So, J. Jonas Jameson ends up firing Urich for not getting enough work done. Yep. And Urich is still continuing on his quest. So he comes into the Owl, who we really don't see a good version of him in the Daredevil TV show, but he's a guy who sort of looks Owl-esque, and he deals a lot in the mutant growth hormone, which gives people temporary mutant powers. It's addictive, it's sort of like steroids. And we find out that the Owl now runs a legal mutant growth hormone empire. Mm -hmm. And he has also purchased, or well, he has attained... Daredevil's mask is a trophy. Yes. And he is a messed up human being. He uh, threatens the uh, he threatens Yurik. And so Yurik's like, yeah, I'm going to get out of there. So he heads to uh, back to the bar, where he gets a phone call, being asked to come to Mister Kilgrave's office, who is the Purple Man, who will be featured actually in Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. Played by David Tennant. And the Purple Man controls people. Basically, yeah, he can, whatever he says, you will instantly do, regardless of anything. Which actually, I really liked Ben Geer's whole take on the character of he must be like actually the most unhappy person in the world. Because he's like, he can never feel love or anything, or ever know if someone actually loves him because all he has to say is love, or you say you love me. Mm -hmm. And they will. Yeah. And uh, he finds out that the Punisher has just murdered the Purple Man, and then the Punisher... Well, actually, you're missing out on the somethings, too. Which is, if you're reading the thing, actually, when he's sitting there seeing on TV that the owl's actually dead as well. Yeah. And then, yes, then he goes in to meet the Purple Man, and Punisher has murdered him. Yeah, I... I'm assuming you murdered both of them. Yeah. Because, actually, I love watching the little TV things, mostly because you find out also that uh, the Falcon is president. I wasn't sure, because is it... The Falcon is president, and then Norman Osborn is, is the his vice president. president. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, because it's uh, Wilson Osborn. So. Yeah, I'm assu I assumed it was Falcon, mostly because you see a picture of him and it looks like him. You never see a picture of Osborn. Yeah, and it could be Harry. That was the only other person I found. Yeah, it's just one of those details. Like I think there's a Thor themed restaurant in here, and. Which is why I thought maybe it could be Harry Osborn, just because, I mean, Norman is crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, so to me it was kind of 
if I mean, since it's supposed to be as Ben has said, it's supposed to be in the same universe as the six one one six. They would know that he's the Green Goblin. Yeah, I don't, and I don't really think any sort of a meandering and like redeem redemption could get Sam Wilson to run for president with Norman Osborn. Yeah. Uh, and so Yurik ends up getting a call from Potter, the gladiator, who tells him about the Electra costume, okay. along with some... Yeah, no, keep going. Uh, he... I'm gonna send Brian McElbanus a tweet. Let's see if he'll respond. Yurik gets a call from Potter, who tells him that the Electra costume, along with some others, were ordered by the Church of the Hand, like, the ninja group, the Hand. Yeah. And in the comic, the Hand are evil red-garbed ninjas who follow the rules of ninja laws, where... The more ninjas you have, the weaker they are. They mostly exist to get cut up, but then also they have the powers to resurrect anyone from the dead and basically turn them into evil servants of the hand. And also, if you remember the Foot Clan from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was heavily influenced by Daredevil. Like, uh, in their story... The radiation nuclear material that blinded Daredevil was the same stuff that transformed the turtles, and instead of fighting the hand, they fight the foot. So, yeah. Connections! So, Yurik uh, gets into a meeting with Mr. Tanaka, who is leading the Church of the Hand, and Tanaka's trying to get into his mind. He doesn't have any information that Yurik wants, but Yurik has information that Tanaka wants, and he, like, starts bleeding from his nose, he starts, like, having a, like, major head injuries from Tanaka, like, using his magic, and so he escapes, and he goes to the, uh, address that he found that the costumes were delivered to, and he finds a computer in some revealing document before hand ninjas attack, like, there's this, All like, scene where he's... Uh, the confusion just more and more ninjas start like coming out of the shadows behind him. Yep. And uh, the new Daredevil swings in and saves him. And uh, he's joined by the Punisher who's just like got this massive automatic... All these guns. Yeah. Shooting hundreds of, if not thousands of ninjas. With arrows and ninja stars and <laughs> himself. Yeah. Uh, during the battle though... Yurik is shot through the heart, and you're too late. And Timmy nope. is the new Daredevil. Yep, Tim is actually secretly Daredevil. Just in time to see his father die. Mm -hmm. And he's sad. Okay, so yeah, so starting off our final issue then, Ben Yurik has just died, and after this, we kind of see... It starts going into flashbacks of Matt Murdock and his final conversation with Timmy where he keeps talking about the reincarnation of Daredevil's master, Stick, who is also another blind man who taught Daredevil basically everything he knows. Mm-hmm. And trained him into, yeah, into the superhero and, like, how to use his senses and everything. Well, at this point, yeah, we start seeing different flashes to all of the um, things that Matt Murdock and, more importantly, Battling Jack Murdock have done with lots of sound effects. And it keeps flipping back and forth between the uh, funeral of Ben Yurik and also just Timmy just boxing. 
And J. Jonah Jameson is reading Yurik's last work as the eulogy, mm -hmm. which is a nice meeting. And then, yeah, what I had paused is uh, I, I kind of just like assumed that. I actually kind of even liked it even more because I kind of always assumed too that Jameson's the one who types it all up even more. Also, yeah. like he gathered up all the notes and stuff. Yeah, and wrote it. For, yeah. So he says also kind of like coming back for his one final hurrah. Yeah. Uh, a note that I've seen is that there is a condolence letter from Peter Parker and Kitty, who I'm not sure if that's supposed to be Kitty Pryde or not, because I know, so, like, Kitty, I know like Bendis sort of shipped them in the Ultimate Universe, mm -hmm. and he's sort of, I have the feeling that he's like that, and it fits the Kitty Pride having good relationships with people whose name is Peter, yeah, or basis is of Peter, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, he flashes back to what Daredevil told him, that he'd find a mentor, and he's training at the gym, which was Daredevil's gym, and uh, the Punisher shows up, and he says he's not the mentor, but he should use the anger and guilt that he has. I also kept noticing, too, the Punisher just like kept shooting himself up and like taking a whole bunch of drugs while he was there, too. Yeah. He just helps himself to everything that's there. Yep. And he basically tells... He, I mean, he tells him that he's not the mentor, but he also tells him everything, saying, basically, that Maypoem means guilt. Because the last words he said of all the people he's killed, it's usually something that they're guilty about. Mm -hmm. And then his last thing is to tell Timmy to also stay on the straight and narrow, or he'll come and gun him down, too. Oh, thanks, Uncle Punisher. Which, yeah, I mean, it's a thing. I mean, Punisher did shoot Matt Murdock, so... Mm -hmm. It is a very classic issue, or cover rather. And so, uh, Timmy and Peter Parker, Spider-Man, go for a drink. Both of them get milk, and they're both called gay several times. Basically. Now yeah. they're called ladies. Yeah. And they're, yeah. You know, um, I mean, the one thing is, is, is Timmy even 21? Like, has he been allowed to be in there? Yeah, he's wearing like a letterman's jacket. Like, yeah, like, every time we keep seeing him, like, how he's still living at home, it's like, I always assumed he was just in high school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Peter ends up getting called by, uh, Spider-Sense, and when Timmy goes to follow, he finds Nick Fury holding a file marked Mapone. Which I kind of love, just, like, I just love the fact that Nick Fury has something to make Spider-Man Spider-Sense go off whenever the hell he feels like it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Timmy is just pissed off at Nick Fury, because if he had this the entire time... His dad probably would have been killed. Yeah. And so he throws it into a fire and goes back in. And he sees it uncharacteristically, too. Nick Fury apologizes mm -hmm. and says that he's sorry. And uh, Timmy goes back in and sees a red-haired woman being hassled while she's playing pool. He puts on his daredevil mask and... Beats one of the guys up. Yeah. And when he's done, she's kicked the ass of every other person there. Mm-hmm. And she uh, introduces herself as Mapone Romanova, but she goes by Stick. And she's blind, which according to her mother is the only thing her father gave her. And she tells Tim basically that she's going to train him. So basically, yeah, we have the daughter of Black Widow and Daredevil. Wait, that's the... Daredevil's her father? <gasps> Maybe. What? Well, nothing's technically been confirmed. <laughs> but, uh, Maybe Black Widow married another blind man. 
But yeah. So basically, yeah, we have like the recurring now of everything. But the big thing is you have the same, pretty much the same picture, or I guess it's an earlier picture of what you see in Foggy's um, office of Black Widow and Matt Murdock and the yeah, daughter. Yeah, you see the McClone file broken yeah. away. And, uh, yeah, so the story ends. So yeah, so I mean, it's a great, nice little eight-issue miniseries that it does rec- I mean, it really helps to know yeah, the ins and outs of the characters. I mean, you can still read it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, actually, I wasn't quite as versed as Daredevil. I read most of the stuff I've read after that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, I mean, and I, and I still enjoyed it, but... Yeah, and I... Uh, besides the Mark uh, Wade run, all I've read, or all I was familiar with was from the uh, Kieran Shiak, uh podcast, Journey into Misery, which... Journey into Misery, they recommended us. Or they yeah, that's good. Yeah. And uh, so now we have to put Earth 12121 on Trials of the Multiverse. I am personally, I love this one. Oh no, it's definitely a very good story. Okay. But the question is, how good? Very. I wouldn't probably put it as number one because, let's be real. Will anything top Father's Day? J. Jonah Jameson adopting? Yeah. Because I'm uh, sorry, Ben Eric. You didn't adopt Timmy quite as well. I'd be fine putting it in the number three spot between Shazam and the Monster Society of Evil and one of the Avengers formed in the 1950s. Yeah, no, that's a good place. Okay, so. Because J. Jonah Jameson didn't die after he adopted Peter Parker. <laughs> Daredevil. End of days. Yep. So, would you like to read a continuing series of this version of Daredevil? I don't know. It's actually a good question. Because it would be a very different series. Mm-hmm. Just because, really, if you think about it, Daredevil really had nothing to do with this story. It's his I like both. It's his legacy, but I mean, when you're talking about what character it focuses on, it is a Ben Urich story. But like, Which I like... really enjoy the Ben Urich stories that they oh, do. Yeah. Like all of his like little um, like sh- like little spin-offs and tie-ins for the different events. Because he did one for Civil War that was really good. Yeah, the, like front, the line. front line. And then he did one, oh, his siege. It was Siege Embedded when he and Volstagg team up to <laughs> take down everything. Yeah. Uh, I like Ben Urich. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting character. I'm sad about what happened in da- the Daredevil TV show. Yeah. But, uh... I was actually really disappointed when that happened. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I at least I'll give it to him, too, the fact of it was a surprise. Yeah. Like, I did not think... Like, the entire time that happened, I was like, Daredevil's gonna pop through the window any second now and save him. <laughs> then, oh. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. You spoke first. Well, I didn't say what happened. I just said something bad happened. No, you very heavily implied <laughs> That he breaks his legs. Yeah. His writing hands. He does. Now he has to go with technology too. Mm-hmm. And, uh... But no, would you like to read a story about Timmy and Mapone? Yeah, I'd do one. If it was like another miniseries. Mm-hmm. Or if they, like, showed up in, uh, Secret Wars? Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Now, if there was another series that you'd like to see... 
like a 20 years later continuation of it, what, like, can you think of anything like that? Oh, like, like another character would like to see 20 years later? Uh, but like after a very certain run, like a very certain run's feel. Oh, very certain run's feel. Like, uh, Claremont got to do his X-Men wrap-ups a few times. Yeah. Because, I mean, Morrison got to do that with Superman and Batman. I would love to see a 20 year later with Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. So it's pretty much Kate Bishop and like a whole bunch of uh, pizza pups. Yeah, basically. That would be kind of great. That would be kind of sweet. Um, fine, we're kind of getting out of Hickman's run on Avengers now. I would love another kick. Oh, we could bring back Kurt Busiek. He needs something. And actually, actually, what we're getting a good one right now. Um, the Spider-Man: The Spiral storyline. The point, the points, and the Amazing Spider-Man. Story? Yeah, I haven't read it. Oh, well, you should. But it's Jerry Conway doing like a thing. I wouldn't mind. Though I would love to see like if he did like a in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morrison does a whole bunch of future stories. Like he did DC One Million, which was the conclusion of his sort of all-star Superman run. Mm-hmm. He did that with Batman on his Batman run. Uh, he did that with the Justice League. He did that with the new X-Men. Yeah. Uh, like, that's a way that he classically cleans up. I would be interested in a Walt Simonson Thor conclusion in that way. Like, 20 years in the future of the very simonson Thor. Because Aaron's done that. Aaron's shown future Thor. Yeah, on his run. Yeah, I was going to say we have King Thor now. I'm like trying to think of other... Oh, actually that would actually like to do it for Thor and also for Spider-Man. Straczynski's runs. Both of those were great. Yeah, you know my feelings on Straczynski. I'm I'm not too keen. Straczynski is great. Did you read his Thor run? His Thor run was great. That was the one before Civil War. Or, it was um, before Sway. No, it was after Civil War. It was after Civil War. Yeah, it was the Dark Reign lead up. Yes. I did not like that. I. It was when he brings um, Asgard to Oklahoma. I don't like the way the dude writes dialogue. Oh, see, so yeah, I like it. And I, I, liked, loved, I loved his Spider Man run. The ideas were interesting because Journey into Misery did a uh, podcast on Thor, and it's like, or no, on Loki. Like, telling his entire arc from, like, Civil War on to the journey into misery, or journey into mystery, and then Young Avengers to his current series. And, like, that's all very interesting stuff. Yeah. But when I tried to read it, it was like, oh, God, I can't deal with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, other writers who have done similar takes. Because I... I I think Mark Wade also tried to do something similar with his Daredevil run. In the future? Or no, that was... I was uh, he doesn't do anything in the future. There was some Daredevil series that came out recently that was that way, though. Oh, the, um... Dark Knights? Maybe? There was nothing in the future of Daredevil, really. I thought there was one. Oh, wait, you're talking about the, um... The Point Five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was why you did that, didn't Yeah, he did do that. Yeah, that was actually really good. Mm-hmm. With, uh, the whole, with the uh, contact lenses that cause people to go blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Oh, we should do that one sometime. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Also, because I just kept thinking Futurama with the uh, iPhones. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. And all the things you can do, like watching porn on a crowded bus. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like another series that I'd love to see. Dark Knight Returns. But, um, and if we're talking like gritty like that? Well, not necessarily gritty, but like 20 years in the future. Yeah, 20 years in the future. Let's see. I mean, there's a lot of characters. I mean, I would love to see Dan Slott, actually. I'd like to see him do a Spider-Man run of him in the future. Yeah, that could work well. I mean, he is definitely a guy who puts the character into weird spots. I guess that's the big thing. You just have to... I mean, you need a character who was like on the series for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know what I would love? I would love if Matt Fraction did that for Iron Man and explained what the fuck was going on in Iron Man issue 500. The one issue that, like, no one understands what was happening. Well, I think a few people have done articles on it, but yeah, I know a lot of people were really confused by that. Like, I've read the entire run of his, and, like, I have no idea what is happening right mm -hmm. now, sir. Uh, and, like, everyone kept assuming we were going to, like, build up to that, and we never did. Yep. <laughs> Still have no idea what the hell that was talking about. I think a She-Hulk run could be interesting, but she's... I, I can't think of a good team to do it, because Dan Slott is very much... his run is very in the moment, but it also had weird future stuff involved and weird time travel stuff, so I don't think it would Speaking work. Speaking of time travel, I would like to see Kevin and Carol get one. If Kelly Sue did that, mm -hmm. I think they could do something kind of interesting with that. Mm -hmm. I'd also like Greg Peck if he went back and did a Hulk thing. Yeah, Hulk would be very cool, or like Amadeus Cho. Because not, oh. not necessarily going back for the Maestro thing, but if they did something... Incredible Hulk. Or Incredible Hercules. Oh, yeah. A Hercules 20 years in the future where he's still hanging out with Amadeus Cho. Yeah, I'd be into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that was, I think that else would be good. <laughs> Anything of Doctor Doom in the future. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Miss Marvel, but, like, she's very There's good not being a teen character, for one thing. And then, like, she's still a very... She's too new. Character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't have a big enemy group for her. She's... It would have really, to be all you have is right now is the inventor. Is, like, her only enemy. Well, and uh, the evil in humans. Oh, yeah, right now. But, but even there, they're still kind of getting to that. Yeah. Though it could be cool if, like, they did it in the future and she's, like, the new queen of the Inhumans. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Well, she was actually part of the fight that my comic shop person and I were having for um, Marvel vs. DC. Mm -hmm. Kamala and Mr. Fantastic versus Intangible Man and, uh, or not Intangible Man, but, um... Plastic Man? Plastic Man and what's-his-name. Oh, uh, you know the about. detective, uh, Ralph Dibney. Yeah. Uh, Elastic Man. Yeah, Elastic Man. Yeah. Oh, it's Kamala and Mr. Fantastic. That's what, yeah. Absolutely. Like, but we're like, that'd be a fun too. That would just be a fun fight. <laughs> it would be oddly sexual. Yeah. We try to not sexualize Kamala. Yeah. You'd have a right there to stop it. Yeah. Putting the beat down. Reed. Oh, Reed. Yeah. Then Reed can show off to Kamala how great of a father he is. Wait. Look at me, I'm Reed Richards. I'm the best dad ever. 
I was uh, someone who posted a gift set of Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris at a uh, red carpet show, and they're and like the interviewer asked where their kid was, and they both pretended to not know where their kid was. <laughs> but I can like imagine that happening read for real. <laughs> Wait, I do have two kids, don't I? Oh, they they can look after themselves. I um, think I put it over in the, in the negative zone. Future Foundation fraction run twenty years in the future. That'd be kind of yeah fun. Because mm -hmm. it's all about the future. In a foundation. I'm actually kind of curious to see where Wade's run goes. If he did it 20 years in the future, there would probably be. I feel like we're going to get back to sad Daredevil soon. Yeah. Because they've announced that someone's going to die in the, his finale. It's Daredevil. Daredevil dies. That's the only thing that could like make it not sad for Matt Murdock. Because mm -hmm. I, I as I'm reading this, it's like, okay, we're either going to kill off Foggy Nelson or we're going to kill off Christian McDuffie. They're going to kill off Pizza Dog and Daredevil. Oh no. <laughs> oh, speaking of Pizza Dog, that's why I really want to buy one. You know that they released basically an action figure of Hawkeye with Pizza Dog as an accessory? No. Yes. What what costume is he in? Um, it's kind of it's his more modern one. Is it going to be a super, or is it the San Diego Comic Con? No, no, you can just buy it anywhere. Nice. Yeah, I know they've done the uh, special Hawkeye uh, Funko Pop. That was a charity custom figure. Yeah, nice. And so it was him with the uh, t-shirt and he was beaten up. Nice. There's not enough love for that figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of his more casual attire. Yeah, as opposed to his body armor look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That means basically a Hawkeye look. Yeah, I was sort of hoping for like the white t-shirt. Yeah, it's not the white t-shirt, but if you wear him without the sunglasses, he does have band-aid over nose, so. <laughs> that is fantastic. I know what I'm getting myself for Christmas. Slash, what I have money Z's. Yeah. He can be friends with uh, my Adam X the Extreme. Nice. And my Eric the Red. It's like you have to put him without the glasses, because otherwise he just kind of looks like a corporate tool. He looks like uh, Jeremy Renner too much. Yeah, I really like Jeremy Renner, but it doesn't look enough. But that's the problem, it's in this weird zone of not looking enough like Jeremy Renner. Like an Uncanny Valley? Yeah. So it's like you can't say it's the actor, it's like... It's, it's Jeremy Renner. Yeah. What if... Lucky Renner. What if there was an Uncanny Valley Forge? Forge is kind of always in the Uncanny Valley. A.K.A. basically forges in the Uncanny Valley on the cover of Cable and the X-Men. Oh, what is Oh, Cable and x Force right? Uh, last Friday I ended up getting a bookshelf as a gift, or two Fridays ago from when this episode would be going up. And then I got the second part of my gift, which was the print copy of the X-Men Marvel Superiors Role-Playing Guidebook that has all of the characters from the X-Men at the time. And the picture of Forge that they use has Forge in his uh, sports shorts. Where he looks like a Toms of Finland character. There. It's freaking Uncanny Valley right there. He looks like Danny Trejo. He does. It's just like... Which doesn't make sense, because Danny Trejo is Mexican, Latino, and Forge is supposed to be Cheyenne. Yeah. But also, Forge still does not have a real name. 
Nor does he need one. Yeah, it's just like one of those weird things. It's like when I found out why Cable goes by Cable, mm -hmm. it was because when he showed up, no one knew who he was, and so he said his name was John Cable. Which works. Yeah. But it's one of those weird things that they never cover. Yeah, we're sort of getting off track. We should probably wrap up. Totally trying to be like Johnny Matrix. A.K.A. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando. Uh, next week on Multiversal Q, we're back with the Exiles. Yep. Wait, no, we're not back with the Exiles. We're back with a new group in the Exiles. Spoiler alert. I sort of spoiled that for me. Some of us haven't read it yet, Luke. Some of us aren't rereading like you. Yeah, but I, I like that because you are actually surprised by things and I just take them as rote. At least until we get done with the first Exiles series and then we get into the really bad stuff. Yep. And then we get into the really, really bad stuff and then we get into the really, really great stuff. Where maybe we can get Jeff Parker on to talk about his run. Yeah. But that probably won't be for like five years. Five years. I don't know, they're already like a tenth through the way through. Yeah. Once they come. The other ones are short, so. Yeah. It's not like it'll take as long to get through them. That Claremont run. Uh, anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Coltrick. You can find Devin on Twitter at, at FredOFAT. You can find Multiversal Q at, at Multiversal Q. Uh, you can email MultiversalQ at MultiversalQ at Gmail. You can also find us on iTunes, Automatic, and Stitcher. And we generally update on Sundays, except when we have bonus episodes. And we'll probably be getting back to bonus episodes because we recorded three uh, when we recorded this. So the comedy special and the Father's Day special. And then this episode, because I'm heading off to Germany, so I'll probably be out of communication if you try to get into communication. But when we get back and record, most likely on the 4th of July weekend, yeah, yeah we've got to figure that out. Uh, we will do that. This has been Multiverse. Look who you got at the comic book and <laughs> Multiverse. I just really got to go to the bathroom now. Peace!